0: to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm Julie Graham.
1: And I'm Darlene Brock. And I'm kind of excited about this week, Julie. Is it because <laughs> we're bringing
0: a musical friend?
1: Yeah, we're bringing in somebody from the music business. But what I love about her is she didn't do it in a normal way. And in fact, she still doesn't pursue this career that uh, she's chosen in a normal way. Oh, you would totally love that because that's a little bit sort of similar to what you did back in the day, right? Yeah, a couple a couple, so,
0: years couple years ago. A couple years <laughs> ago. We're going to introduce to you guys today our new friend JJ Heller. So, some of you I bet have already discovered her music. So, she has recorded multiple, in fact, 10 albums to date and counting. Impressive. Uh, very impressive. I've recorded 0 albums.
1: Impressive, but you but you <laughs> Not impressive. <yeah. laughs>
0: You're totally just being my friend. But what we love about JJ's story is that she did not take the expected, assumed, or even easy path to her now beautiful music career.
1: You know, I really do like the fact that this lady Bucks Trans, her music is really unique, completely her own style.
0: In fact, in the conversation, she said something that really has stuck with me and I think really embodies the type of artist that she is. She said that she learned through the process of becoming a recording artist that she had to and got to work within her own limitations. And when she did that, she found her most creative self. So I know that you guys are gonna love her. So listen in to our chat with JJ Heller. Well, hey, JJ, we're so excited to have you with us today on This Grit and Grace Life.
1: So good to be here. You know, JJ, I don't know if you know, but I do have a history in the music business. And when Emily brought this to me, who is your publicist, I was like, hmm, I don't know her. Ooh, I like this music. This is really <laughs> different. This is really something that doesn't follow trends. And I know it's changed the music business since I entered it. But I was fascinated by the path that you found yourself on. Apparently, you didn't start with the music business, correct? That is correct. I grew up really loving
2: sports, and my family was really into sports. My dad coached a whole bunch of different things from tennis to football, basketball. I grew up going to all sorts of sports camps and I fell in love with basketball. And I got it in my head that my ultimate dream was to play basketball in college. And so I worked really, really hard and I had to get really good at shooting because I'm not very tall (laughs) and I'm only 5'5". So once I stopped growing, I knew that I had to get really good at making three pointers. And so every Sunday night, my dad, the basketball coach would (laughs) take me to the gym and he would rebound for me. And I would shoot over and over and over. And by my senior year of high school, I was voted the most valuable player in my whole league, Uh, which was really exciting because it meant that I was one step closer to achieving my dream. And so sure enough, my freshman year of college, I went to a little Christian college in Northern California and I played basketball and... And the reason why I was recruited for that team was because of my three-point shooting percentage. And so I started the the season and I thought, you know, maybe if I work hard enough here, maybe I can be the MVP of my league by the time I'm a senior in college. And as the season started to unfold, I realized that that dream was never going to happen because all of a sudden I was terrible. Like I could not make a basket if my life depended on it. And I, I don't know what happened. Wow. I was so frustrated in, in the middle of it. It felt like, like God was sabotaging my basketball skills somehow. Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds because like I, it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, 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 I had no idea what was going on and All I knew was I just didn't know who I was if I wasn't an athlete because that was so much a part of my identity all growing up. And so that following summer, I happened to go on a trip to Africa with my college. There were six of us. It was at this really pivotal place in my life and so many just life-altering things. One of the things that happened while I was there was I learned how to play the guitar. And I wrote my first song with some friends who were on that, that trip with me. And it was the very beginning of a new dream that that started to grow in my heart. So now I can be thankful that I was terrible at basketball (laughs) uh, because it was only because that dream died that there was room in my heart for something bigger and better than anything that I could have imagined
1: I love that story, JJ. My question is, who brought the guitar? I, I, know mean, I was going to you- say, I have seven thousand follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: the, uh, the the team leader. She just um, she she brought the guitar so so we could sing while we were on the trip. We would uh, just sit in a circle, and w- at the end of the day, when we were all exhausted, um, it was just really kind of therapeutic. To yeah. we would just sit around and and sing worship songs. At, and, and remind ourselves that the world was bigger than than just us sitting in that little circle.
1: So you went from learning to play the guitar and writing your first song to what was next to get you to the place where you are today? Did you just go, all right, n- now I'm a musician. Now I am a <laughs> singer. Now I'm a songwriter. Uh, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> No. <laughs> it wasn't A Star is Born? Okay. <laughs> so tell no. us how it was.
2: Um, it was a very, very slow process. It was kind of, when I wrote my first song, it was a bit of an epiphany um, in the sense that I was surprised how much I loved it and how natural it felt to me and how much it helped my soul to... To process through things by writing a song about it. And so I started writing more and more songs and I would play them for the girls in my dorm. Mm -hmm. And I would always be surprised when they would say, oh my gosh, uh, like that song feels like you read my journal and turned it into a song. My thought process was, wow, okay, well, I'll keep writing then. And, And it was shortly after that time that I met my husband, Dave. And we started playing music. So we got engaged and then we graduated from college and then we thought, okay, well let's give music a shot for a year, see what happens. We're used to living on a shoestring budget because we were (laughs) college students. And so we, we tried it. We, um, we met in California uh, in college in uh, 1999. And then we got married in 2003 and we moved to Phoenix where my husband, Dave grew up. And so we tried music and it was mostly, we were living off of tips pretty much Mm -hmm. and like barely paying our bills. But at the end of the year, we decided, well, let's just maybe one more year. And and that was kind
1: of the process. I think what's funny is you go, I, we're going to go try music. We're going to see if that works for us. So let's move to Phoenix. I mean, who does that? <laughs> I know, I know. The music mecca of Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's like Dar doing trying to do the music business from Oklahoma. It I It is mean. true. God <laughs> took us to Oklahoma as part of our journey, which had nothing to do with the music business. So, <laughs> you know, like you just said, JJ, I think sometimes the path that we find ourselves on is the right one, but it is so unlikely in the scenario that we're at. Women, no matter what they're pursuing, need to understand is that that's exactly how you need to go after anything you're going after. Start where you're at, begin with the tools and the opportunity you have, And then let the Lord grow it into what it's supposed to be. And sometimes he'll take you to the Mecca of whatever it is that you're doing. And sometimes he'll just say, no, you're the satellite. Stay out there. Yeah, exactly. And
2: I think whenever I've gotten discouraged along the way in terms of my career and the opportunities that I get or don't get, to just remember that I am not the expert on my career that God is. And He's going to open all the doors that He knows that I need to walk through, and He's going to close the ones that I don't need to. And And if He thinks that my music is going to be the most effective in my community or like in my book club playing to like my closest friends, then that's it. You know, that's kind of his business. And and it doesn't mean that my music is any more or less valuable um, depending on the audience size. That is so true. And I think that's something, especially here at the Grit and Grace Project and This Grit and Grace
0: Life, that's such a message we want women to hear is it's so easy, especially in the way culture is today, to compare yourself to every other woman that you have in your life. And there are so many of them because of the internet <laughs> that you right. just get you just get lost sometimes and so we love how you have been able to kind of you know take your journey as it comes and be fully devoted to the season that you're in and the thing that you're doing regardless of how it might look to the rest of the people doing their music or you know even having to make the change from basketball to music you've just kind of taken each step with both grit and grace and we think that's really remarkable your sound is so unique like i could listen to you all day long can you actually sing to me when this is over, when we're done with the show? Can you just sing to me a little bit? That would be awesome.
2: Oh, thank you. You know, thats it's kind of been a process to figure out my own... Voice. When I was first starting out, I totally wanted to be like Alanis Morissette, um, of course. <laughs> just total, yeah, like rocker, rocker chick, yeah. angsty, and um, it wasn't until I finally we made our first record in Nashville and we worked with a producer who kind of, you know, knew what he was doing, had been around for a long time. And he said, Hey, JJ, have you noticed that your voice sounds really good when you sing quietly? (laughs) And and it, it was like this moment, like this aha moment where I had never really sat down and thought about it before, but then... You know, I went back and listened through all of my recordings and realized, oh, yeah, like that's kind of where the magic is. And so over the years, it's kind of been a process of honing in on like what is unique about my voice and how can I capitalize on that and, and highlight it. And
1: and for me, it's like it's singing quietly. <laughs> you know, JJ, I know there are times when people have said to me how about doing it this way? Or how about changing it up a little bit? Or maybe you're not really supposed to do it that way. Maybe you're supposed to do it another way. And my immediate reaction is, what? What are you talking about? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, my, my first instinct is to push back. Um, and I think that may be a lot of people's first instinct. And then you kind of have to step back. Did you have any of that? Or if you did, how did you deal with it?
2: I'm trying to think back on how I felt. That's a good question. I mean, because now it's easy to look back and, and say, oh yeah, that was the point when I kind of pivoted my career and embraced that quietness of my voice. But yeah, I think there there was like a little bit of resistance because again, it was like, letting that part of my dream die a little bit, like the, the rocker chick. Um, (laughs) uh, and so I think it was like, I, I heard him say that and I decided to investigate a little bit more. And, and I think that that's kind Mm -hmm. of the key. Like when people, make comments about the way that you're doing things, Um, because sometimes they can be totally off base and you don't need to be listening to them. But I think wisdom (laughs) is hearing what they have to say and then mulling it over and like asking other people, who are voices of wisdom in your life, hey, this person said this thing, does that ring true to you? And because I think it's easy to just like dismiss it right away if, it, if you disagree with what that person says. But I think it's, it's important to kind of hold it up um, to the light and see, okay, is there any truth in this? And if there is, then you can kind of like change your course of action. But if there's not any truth, then you can just kind of let it go.
0: This actually reminds me of really how Darlene and I even met. Like, she was a voice in my life who kind of came in and said, Hey, Julie, have you ever seen yourself doing something different? And, you know, I'd like to see you join me in what we're doing at the Grit and Grace Project. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing now forever. And, you know, I really took some time to consider... um, the gifts and talents that she saw in me and it was scary and and you know overwhelming to try to do something different but once you take that time to really consider like is this where i feel comfortable and natural and is this what god has for me in this season and even if other people don't understand like you said there's always these other voices and people have an opinion on how you should do things but ultimately you have to feel comfortable in yourself and confident that god's taking you one way or the other and then you just step forward and you do it one step at a time and you Like you said, you wait for them to open doors and close other doors. And that's where you find your true self and walk in your real identity. I love that.
2: Yeah. And I feel like it's always a risk to to do something different. And sometimes it's a really great idea that just doesn't pan out. And that's okay. I, I think... Growing up, I was just really kind of obsessed with the will of God and like, is this God's will for my life? And I, you know, I'm trying to break that code and figure out (laughs) that one specific track on a map where, you know, you turn left here, you turn right there. And if you don't, then you're out of God's will. Um, But I think as I've gotten older, it's so comforting to know that even if we have two choices and we choose one that's maybe not as good as the other one. Like God is still going to use us where, where we are. He's not going to give up on us. And he's even going to use our failures to teach us things. And he finds ways to redeem it. So, all is not lost. Like, I think sometimes I put so much pressure on myself to make the right decision. And mm-hmm. and while it's important to try your best and to be wise about it, I think that
1: there's, there's so much room for grace in all of that. Mm, we would totally agree with that one, JJ. And, you know, I think part of going through the process is what brings you to who you really are. Mm. Because I'm a big proponent that I will be really smart when I'm dead, because I will have lived this whole life and learned a whole lot, and every day's a new learning experience and finding out something more about myself. There have been so many points in my career where it's been a
2: closed door or the death of something I thought that I wanted, and it was that thing that opened the door to. To something else. And it's like, it's, it's those losses that make us have to pivot and start moving in a different direction. Um, And it's just happened over and over and over. There was a time when my song, I have a song called Your Hands, and it miraculously ended up on Christian radio stations all over the country, because it was on a show called So You Think You Can Dance and a girl danced to it. (laughs) And a guy who worked at a Christian radio station happened to watch the show and started playing it. And then one thing led to another and all of a sudden it was on the billboard charts and it was something that I never thought would ever happen. And all of a sudden... It did and took my career to a whole nother level and it was really exciting. And then the next year we pitched another song to radio called what love really means. And then all the radio stations all across the country played that song and it was on the billboard charts and it was really validating and exciting Mm. and things were exploding. And, um, and then we, you know, a few months after that pitched another song and said, you know, let's do this again. This is awesome. (laughs) And all the radio stations said, ah, we don't like, we like the song, but we don't feel like it's going to fit on our playlist. And we said, that's okay. Like we'll, we'll come up with another song. And then four months later we'd pitch another song and they would say, we like it, but we're not going to play it. And it was just like, That process Mm -hmm. turned into several years of rejection after rejection after rejection. And I was trying to write songs that would replicate the two songs that had been successful on the radio. And I was trying to make them super deep and profound Mm -hmm. and life changing. And I just got to a place where I was putting so much pressure on myself that I couldn't even write anymore. I didn't want to write. Like, it wasn't enjoyable. It felt more like I was trying to break a code than be creative and make something beautiful. And I was a new mom at the time. Our, our daughter Lucy was a toddler and Nora was a baby. And so I thought, okay, what if we just set all of this aside for a while and just write an album full of lullabies? And... And I know that it's not going to be life-changing for anybody mm-hmm. and it's not going to you know, have some huge theological impact on people's <laughs> lives, but it just felt like what was on my heart to write. And it felt true to express all of these uh, emotions of motherhood and put them all on an album. And it's so amazing to me that I think... Out of any of the albums that I had created up until that point, like that was the album that I heard the most stories from. And the way that God used those songs in people's lives in profound ways was just crazy to me because it didn't feel like I was doing anything extraordinary. I was just expressing what was on my heart and God used it in incredible ways. I want to go back to
0: your Lullaby album, the first one, and then tell us a little bit about your second one. And I i also just want to tell you that one of my best friends got so excited that we were going to be talking to you because she said she personally um, really leaned on your I Dream of You Volume 1 when she was going through her infertility and then miscarriage. So I just want to say on behalf of my friend, Aww. thank you for your music because it, like you said, it really has um, blessed so many people. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So tell us, so you you did your I Dream of You Volume 1, that first lullaby album, and then your most recent project, you decided to do a Volume 2. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: So Volume 1, the original I Dream of You was a collection of original songs, love songs and lullabies that my husband Dave and I had written for our two little girls. And we realized over the years that it was our top streamed album. And so it was kind of surprising to us. And and then we thought, okay, well, I mean, it seems like people are really connecting with this. So let's make another one. And instead of spending several years trying to <laughs> write all new lullabies, we decided to take pre-existing songs that we loved that could be turned into lullabies and, and record those. And so we made our, our own version of Songs Like like Bridge Over Troubled Water and Here Comes the Sun and Edelweiss and Moon River. And we produced them in a way that was timeless and classic and, and almost cinematic. Like it sounds like a movie soundtrack. Um, it has a 10-piece string section and a children's choir. Wow. And we just wanted to make something that sounded as timeless as possible so that it would be soothing for children, but that the parents would also really enjoy listening to. I mean, because like all you moms know that (laughs) your children, they latch on to certain music and they just want to hear it over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, if that's the case, then I want to make something that the parents want to hear over (laughs) and over and over and they don't get sick of it and i think you've done an
0: amazing job of that it it is literally beautiful um and so unique
1: so congrats on doing that um because it really is so impressive. Oh, I absolutely love it. I so love it, JJ. And what I was amazed with is the song choice. I mean, who would have thought Here Comes the Sun in the version you did it? It was awesome. Um, You know, one song that I used to sing to my girls when they were little, not as well as you sing by (laughs) any means, but Stevie (laughs) Wonders, Isn't She Lovely. That was their song growing up. So next album, add that one. (laughs) Uh, No pressure. That's so sweet. You have a quote I saw on your website by Miles Davis that I loved. And it said, sometimes it takes you a long time to sound like yourself. And I think that's what you're talking about. The discovery of who am I, I? Who do I sound like? Oh, I want to sound like me. Exactly how I was made to be. And doing the songs that I was supposed to do and singing the way that I was supposed to sing, it is all uniquely yours.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why comparison can be so damaging because we look at all of these other women around us, and we see all of their best qualities, and then look back at ourselves and 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 don't see that. Um, and you know, we say, "Oh man, her her hair is amazing," or "Look at her skin," or "Her sense of style," or "She's a lawyer," <laughs> you know. But a few years ago. Right around New Year, I was just praying and thinking about this idea of comparison and thinking about how women are generally can get caught up in that. And and I felt like God was kind of like encouraging me to instead of meeting somebody new and thinking, how am I better? How am I worse? To replace those questions with, how can i bless this woman and what can i learn from her because here is this person that i know nothing about full of stories and wisdom that you know i could totally miss out on because i'm obsessed with figuring out you know am i as cool as her and so it's it's definitely a challenge for me but it does i do so much better when I approach a situation like that, just being curious about somebody else rather than really focusing (laughs) and being self-conscious about me. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's a message that women
0: need to continually be reminded of. Um, Because it's one of our biggest struggles.
2: Just recently, I've realized that it's not that I just make music for children, but I think that I make music for the child in all of us. Mm. Because I think that we all want someone to believe in us, to remind us that there is still beauty in the world, and to tell us that everything's going to be okay. So I think that there are times in our lives when all of us need to hear lullabies. Well, I mean, now I'm just thinking
0: I want to end this as soon as possible and go and listen to (laughs) your first lullaby album on repeat. So thank you for that. I mean, that really is so beautiful and so true that... You know, sometimes there's something that speaks to our soul exactly where we are. And we didn't even know we needed that message. But then once it comes in, it's like, oh, that's the salve that I needed to um, yeah. to be reminded of who I am and um, that everything is ultimately going to be OK. So. Yeah.
1: And I, I, totally. I, I really want to encourage women too, that are listening to this, that when you pick up JJ's albums and listen to them and realize what it does for you, it's only because she followed a unique path. So perhaps that, you know, you who are listening have a path that you're supposed to follow that meets a need out there that you don't even know what it is yet. You have not gotten to the place where it's fully formed. Um, But, you know, thank you, JJ, that you did follow that path and have delivered something to us that I think is exactly that. It is soothing. It is comforting. And you're absolutely right. In a world that is full of angst, we need that. Yeah. Thank you. You know, here at the Grit and Grace Project, we say that life challenges should neither defeat nor define you. And I think in addition to that, we might need to add, but it can help you produce something that's amazing. Mm, Something
0: beautiful, Mm -hmm. for sure. Your story definitely is a picture of that, JJ. So we're so thankful that you would be willing to come and share... your heart and share about your music. I'm sure that there are some of our friends who already um, love your music as much as we do, but I bet there's also a few who haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet. So can you tell them where they can find more about you, more about your music, uh, more about your prints, because those are gorgeous. Just tell them how they can connect with you outside of this grit and grace life.
2: Sure. Well, jjhillard.com has links to all of that stuff, but I'm on Spotify and Instagram and Facebook and Apple music, just all all over the internet. So (laughs) (laughs) if you want to find me, you can find me. All right, well, we'll make sure to put links
0: to all of your bios and your website and your accounts um, into our show notes. And ultimately, definitely so they can get right to your music, um, because I'm sure they're going to want to hear these songs that we've talked about today um, to be encouraged by them. So we, again, thank you so much for sharing your music, but also sharing your time with us today on This Grit and Grace Life.
2: Well, it was so great to be here. Thank you.
1: I think because this quote was so strong and I loved it so much, we need to repeat it again, Julie, to end this episode. And it is from Miles Davis. Sometimes it takes you a long time to sound like yourself. So you go on
0: being yourself, ladies, with a little bit of grit and a little bit of grace. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcast, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.